0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Great Iron Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is September 29th, 2020. Now I'm Chip, and I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now on Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us over on YouTube, you can find us over on YouTube at Great Iron Fantasy Football. So, you know, please support the show. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. And... You know, on today's episode, we're talking week four waiver wire pickups. So a lot of names came out this week and just broke out that, you know, could be players you can add to your roster. Obviously, players that, you know, went down this week, players you can replace for, you know, the short term. But um, before we get into the waiver wire pickups, let's let's go over some of the news that took place over and, you know, after week three. And, you know, the biggest news is out of Chicago that Tariq Cohen um, is now put on uh, season-ending injury reserve with a torn ACL. Everything was confirmed based on all the tests that took place on Monday. So he is out for the rest of the season. And then out in Seattle, you have Chris Carson who left Sunday's game with a knee sprain. It looks like he was able to dodge any severe knee uh, a severe knee injury. So it looks like he's still going to be out for about one to two weeks. Um, they're saying right now it was a, a mild sprain to his knee. So that's good news. There wasn't an ACL tear or any type of meniscus tear. So... That's good news for the Seattle Seahawks running back. Um, and then a weird injury that took place in Indianapolis. You had Michael Pittman um, Jr. He is the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. And he was a waiver wire pickup last week. <clears throat> but he um, he had surgery on Monday due to a compartment syndrome um, surgery in his calf, which... This is a very severe injury if it's left um, untreated. So luckily enough, he was able to get that surgery. And he still should have a chance to come back later on in the season. But um, good thing that he went underwent surgery on Monday to help, you know, with that that injury. So um, like I said, he's someone that will be back hopefully within, you know, it will play in the second half of the 2020 season. And then Tampa Bay Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin He's having an MRI done to determine the severity of his hamstring injury. You know, this is another another blow to Chris Godwin because he's been dealing with a lot of injuries this year so far, with the concussion, now the now the hamstring, and then dating back to last season, he was dealing with the hamstring last year too. So, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. So, Chris Godwin is a guy that um, you may have to try to replace going into Week Four. But obviously, with anything, you want to pay attention to all the injury updates and the practice reports throughout the week. And I still do my my weekend injury update you know YouTube videos, so that's always done on Saturday afternoon, so I try to wait and see all until I have all the data that I can all the information to determine who's gonna be playing who's gonna be out for uh the the coming weeks so with that being said, let's go on to the Monday night recap and you know what a what a great game this was the most anticipated game of the twenty twenty season so far having, you know, the Chiefs versus the Ravens and this being a home game for the Ravens. I had the Ravens beating the Chiefs. Um, It's just one of those things where I felt like they, the Ravens looked more polished so far this season um, on defense and on offense. But man, the, the Chiefs came out and they showed them so many different looks. I mean, some of the plays that the Chiefs were playing or running this, you know, on Monday night were just ridiculous. Like things I've never seen before. They continue to be innovative, continue to keep you guessing. Um, but Patrick Mahomes just was like, "I'm taking this game over." And he had four passing touchdowns in the first half. He had, you know, he had, I'm sorry, he had four, he had four total touchdowns. He had three in the first half, and then he had a rushing touchdown. Then he threw a touchdown to Mikko Hardman in the second half. But you know, just a you know a great, great game for him. He had 48 fantasy points, and he was able to top Russell Wilson for the top quarterback spot this this week in fantasy. But, you know, the talk has been Russell Wilson all year long because Russell Wilson has been the most consistent quarterback so far. But Patrick Mahomes continues to make sure people don't forget about him and he comes out and just uh, makes it look easy. I mean, the guy is such a fun guy to watch. But on the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson had a very, I would say, quote-unquote, quiet, fancy outing. I mean, he only had 18 fancy points. But that whole offense today or on Monday night did not do anything. Um, you know, Andrews, Mark Andrews didn't do anything, you know, Marquise Brown, he didn't do anything. And it's just, it's unfortunate because the Ravens are such a high powered offense. The Chiefs were able to keep them at bay and not allow them to do anything. So, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate. And then when it comes to the Ravens backfield, that's a complete mess. Um, Lamar Jackson led, led the team in rushing, rushing attempts and, You know, we're trying to figure out who's going to be the guy that's going to get the most carries and then, you know, kind of separate themselves in the backfield for the Ravens. And everyone's assuming J.K. Dobbins is going to be that guy. And now he did lead the running backs in receiving. So that was a good thing. But just the just the mess that's in that backfield right now, I would hate to own a Ravens running back on fancy on our fancy roster because the fact we just don't know what's going to happen. So um, I think J.K. Dobbins will still be the guy later on in the year. But as of right now, it's just hard to play any of the Ravens running backs. And then on the flip side, you know, on the Kansas city side of the ball, I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was, he was okay. You know, he had, he had 18.4 PPR points, so he didn't hurt you. So he had a a decent game, but I'm starting to wonder if our, did we overreact on Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the draft when he got drafted by the chiefs? Because other than the first game of the season, he really has been pretty quiet so far after, you know, in weeks two and three. And I know he will turn on because he has a skill set to be able to do that. But, you know, it's interesting to kind of see how if you watch the game on Monday night, he definitely is not good with short yardage. He definitely is a guy who just cannot make yards out of nothing. And it just seems that he just he just has a hard time. So far, all the, all the rushes that I've seen him, all the rush attempts he's had on the goal line, it definitely seems that he just cannot get it done. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. But also, you guys are obviously watching the game from Monday night. And was it me or was it annoying to hear Steve Levy always say Clyde Edwards E-layer? Like he kept on trying to just make sure that the E was pronounced every single time he said his name. And it got to the point where it just got, maybe it's just me, but it just seemed getting so annoying after a while because... I understand that everyone says his name in a, in a certain way, but it's like Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, like some people just, you know, pronounce those names differently. But for me, I just felt like I say Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I think, I don't know if obviously that's probably the wrong way because I think Steve Levy was trying to make a point that, that that's how he likes pronouncing his name, but it's got to the point where it's like overdone and I get it. But, um, but it's very interesting. I know that's kind of a, a random thing to say, but it was something that it was con- like me and my friends were talking in our group chat and it was just something that I kept on being brought up. Like, why does he keep on doing that? But um, anyways, but anyways, but I, you know, with him, I, I still think that he's obviously on a, from a fancy standpoint, I still think that he's still an asset. He's definitely a guy you're going to play every week. Obviously you're not going to bench him at all. But um, I think as the season progresses, he definitely will become better. But I'm just wondering if you're if you're a Clyde Bert fan and you're on he's on your fancy roster, are you disappointed so far in what he's doing? Because um I'll be interested to hear if you're a fan, if you're an owner of Clyde Bert if so far you've been disappointed. So if you are, I mean, if yes or no, just leave it, you know, leave a comment below so I can um know what you guys are thinking about him. But going on to like the wide receivers, I mean, like I said, nobody in the Ravens did anything on Monday night. Tyreek Hill had a good game. He had over 20 fantasy points, so definitely a good game for him. And then Miko Hardman, like this is something that every every week I do my my weekly matchups and I have my boom bust players for each game, and he's always on there because there's gonna be games where he scores a long touchdown, right? So you know, and Monday night he had four receptions, he had the long touchdown reception. So if you had to play him in a pinch because you're you dealing with injuries or whatever. This was a good a good pickup to have throw him in your lineup. And because we had no idea if Sammy Walkman was going to play, he didn't play and he'd get out, you know, get out of the concussion protocol. But you still don't know exactly how Miko is going to do because he's definitely one of those guys like Tyree Kill where it takes one play and then you have a decent fancy outing. So just one of those things where um, overall, good fancy matchup for the Chiefs and the points that you got. I mean, even Travis Kelsey, he had a quiet game, but he, he, Definitely had the targets and the reception. So uh, he didn't have a massive game, but not a game that hopefully didn't hurt you this week either. So uh, with that being the case, let's uh, let's go over to the waiver wire pickups for week four. Now, some of these names on this list are going to be names that you've had already have heard in the last, you know, last couple of weeks. But it continues to be names to be mentioned only because sometimes people forget about these players. Um, you know, sometimes players get dropped because they try to pick up new free agents or they have an injured player and they have to drop their, their least favorite player on their roster. So with that being the case, um, let's go into some of those players and starting at quarterback. You know, I mentioned him every week, but Gardner Minshew continues to be a guy that I think is still worthy of picking up on your waiver wire. Um, I know he had a terrible game on Thursday night. He definitely made me weird because I played him in a couple of my leagues and, um, luckily enough, I had Patrick Mahomes to help me win in some of those leagues. We play in a two-quarterback league, but um, I I benched Derek Carr in one of my leagues for Garden Minshew, and like I said, it didn't hurt me, but it was only because Patrick Mahomes got me 48 fantasy points. So, um, But Garden Minshew continues to have a, a good schedule going forward. He definitely has a, you know, he's definitely a streamable option if you need it, but he's definitely a guy that continues to need to be mentioned only because he's the best option that's out there. Uh, I'm assuming like, like Kirk Cousin and Ryan Tannehill, some of these other, you know, quarterbacks may not even be available in your league, but Garden Minshew continues to be the better option that's available in a majority of leagues. And then with the news coming out with uh, Chicago Bears and Mr. Trubisky, Nick Foles is the guy that you have to think about, you know, especially if you're in a two quarterback league. And if you are in a super flex, you know, obviously quarterbacks have a lot more value in those type of leagues because you're obviously playing two quarterbacks. So Matt Nagy has not come out yet to say who's going to be the starter yet for the Chicago Bears in week four, but obviously it assumes that when you make that transition from Mitch Trubisky and Bencham to Nick Foles, Nick Foles is going to be the guy going into the week four, and he came back and beat the Falcons, you know, so I think that Nick Foles definitely gets a, um, should definitely get a start and kind of see what happens, but right now, you know, it's one of those things where he should be mentioned to be picked up in, in deeper leagues. And going on to the running back, running back position. Now, <clears throat> these names kind of shift back and forth based on players coming back, but and also, you know, if you need if you need that running back right now, uh, the first guy on my list is Carlos Hyde. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, you know, Chris Carson's gonna be out for a significant amount of time. Hopefully, not significant, but like at least one or two games. So, Carlos Hyde is a guy that if he's on your waiver wire, pick him up because he's a guy that. Obviously, it plays on a team where there's a run heavy offense. So he's definitely going to get the touches. He's definitely going to get some, you know, receptions out of the backfield. So Carlos, Carlos Hyde right now is my number one waiver wire pickup for the running back position. And then my second guy going forward is Jeff Wilson. You know, Jeff Wilson Jr. had a good game on Sunday. He had two touchdowns, he had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Now, the only problem with this is that. Raheem Mostert is supposed to come back in week four. That's kind of the projected time that he's supposed to come back. And then you still got Jerick McKinnon. Jerick McKinnon was heavily involved in the in the game on Sunday as well. So you really have to determine how much you really need to have Jeff Wilson Jr. on your roster. Obviously, he's good to have on your roster if you're in a deeper league, but also if you do have injuries at running back. And the four ers continue to be injured everywhere. So there's a chance that, you know, Mostert gets injured or someone else gets injured again. In that backfield, and then you have you know you have Jeff Wilson already on your roster, so he's definitely worthy of a pickup in the stash on your bench. And then Miami Dolphins running back Miles Gaskins continues to be a guy that I want to mention because he is leading the the Dolphins in the backfield with rush attempts. You know he's not getting the goal line, goal line work just yet because of Jordan Howard taking that role. but he is the guy who's gaining receptions too. He's a good running back in Flex. In, in, in your flex and he's a PP, and in PPR format. He's, you know, last week he got six receptions. And I had mentioned last week as well on the podcast that he's one of two running backs other than Alvin Kamara that has 10 or more receptions for the year. So he's a guy that definitely will not, he has a he I think he has a safe floor for a lot of rosters in the flex. Um, he's not anybody that I would want to put you like in that RB, you know, RB1 or RB2 range, but he's definitely a worthy of flex considerations, you know, week in and week out and another guy who had a big name on on Sunday is Rex Burkhead. Now he was second overall in the running back position this, you know, in this week with um with the PPR points and everything like that. So I think he has, yeah, I think he, I don't have the numbers in front of me but I think he had like 34 PPR points which was, you know, just behind obviously I was behind Alvin Kamara for week 3. But Rex Burkhead, you know, you got to think he took the James White role this week. So I understand it seems like a sexy pickup to to grab Rex Burkhead but that that running back position for the New England Patriots is really one it's hard to figure out because you gotta think Damian Harris is still on IR he can come back now I think in week four and going forward you know Sony Michel had you know over 100 yards on the ground so he was being used you know so Rex Burkhead I mean he's a guy that you can try to you know put on your bench but um I think once James White comes back I think that's going to be James White role. So James White continues to be the run back that I want in the New England Patriots backfield. But I understand if you need Rex Burkhead to have a, a player to kind of plug and play, I do get it. But don't don't go out and spend a bunch of fab on, on Rex Burkhead just because he had one good week. There's a circumstances behind that a reason why that was the case. And then just a name I want to throw out that might be already off your waiver wire, but it's considered is Adrian Peterson. I know he is not a sexy pickup, but he had 22 rushes on Sunday, so he continues to lead the Detroit Lions backfield in rush attempts. You know, he had 75 yards this past week, so another didn't kill you, but didn't hurt, you know, didn't help you much, you know, situation in, in Detroit with your, and on your fantasy team, but he's worthy of having on your bench, you know, just in case, you know, because it looks like, I don't know what's going on with John Dre Swift, but he did not get any rush attempts on Sunday. on Johnson was held with single-digit rush attempts, so, you know, Adrian Peterson is the guy to own in the Detroit Lions backfield as of right now. And then going on to the wide receivers, the number one wide receiver on this list is gonna be Justin Jefferson. I mean, if everyone was watching the highlights of the Sunday games, Justin Jefferson broke out and he had a, a game that he had seven receptions for 175 yards and a touchdown. You know, we always knew he was gonna be the number two when like they, obviously they traded away Stephon Diggs. They drafted Justin Jefferson. So, you know, Adam Thielen in the first couple of weeks was getting heavy targets. But now it looks like Justin Jefferson's finally coming into that that you know wide receiver two role, and right now he ha- he has a twenty one percent target share of that offense, so he's being used, he's being thrown at. So it, it's a matter of time where this continues to be a consistent thing, you know. And honestly, his schedule coming up is pretty gut- pretty nice, so he could be a guy that you can play immediately, especially in the next few weeks. They have to play the Texans, the Vikings play, you know, the Texans, the the Seahawks, and then they play the the Falcons. So we know the Falcons can't hold a lead, so we know that. That's gonna be something that that should be a good game for you as well. So you have three good matchups coming up in the next few weeks. So Justin Jefferson is definitely a guy that you can consider, you know, playing, you know, in week four. And then, and a lot of people are talking about Cedric Wilson. So Cedric Wilson is one of the receivers for the Dallas Cowboys. They had a massive game on Sunday. He had two touchdowns, and I know it seems it seems like one of those players that you want to pick up, but you got to think like he is not going to do that every single week. He's a guy that just had a big game on Sunday. Cause you got to think about, they still obviously have Cooper, they have Gallup, they have CD lamb, they have Dalton Schultz. So they, they have all these guys that they have to feed and Zeke, you know? So, I mean, Zeke has a tattoo on his stomach that says feed me. So like he's going to get his receptions as well. So I think this is something that you don't need to consider Cedric Wilson, unless you're like in a 16 team league, and it's a deep roster where you just need to have somebody, to you know, to pick up just in case. Yes, maybe. But like in, in 10 to 12 team leagues, you're not picking up Cedric Wilson. But then also going to the San Francisco 49ers, another, another name to mention is Brandon Ayuk. He had a good game on Sunday. So he had five receptions for 70 yards and he had a rushing touchdown. You know, he continues to be third on the team in target share. So he's a guy that until, you know, you know, when George Kittle comes back, I feel like his target share is going to drop because you still got um, Kendrick Bourne that's it's gaining a lot of the targets as well. So I think that, and right now, Jordan Reed was leading the team in target share, but obviously he's injured. So I think George Kittle will come back in week four. But you also have to remember that, you know, Brandon you is a guy that you're going to have maybe for a couple of weeks that you could play because you got to remember. And also, I want you to check for Debo Samuel because a lot of people maybe didn't draft Debo Samuel or they dropped him because he's injured. So if he's on your waiver wire, he's the 49er to pick up before anyone else because he's in, he should be coming back in a couple weeks. If you're able to hold off a little bit and and stash him on your roster, check to see if Debo Samuel is available. And then this happened, I know and this happened in my league, but the guy that worked looking looking for on your waiver wire is Emmanuel Sanders. I know if you played him in week two, you're disappointed because he did nothing. And then Traequan Con- Tra- Tra- Trae Smith was a guy who took over on week two when Michael Thomas went down. But in week three, Traquan Smith did not do anything. And Emmanuel Sanders had a good game. So if Emmanuel Sanders is there on your waiver wire, he's definitely worth picking up um, until Michael Thomas comes back. And then Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver uh, T Higgins, you know, he's a guy that you could consider as well. He had a good game. He had five receptions for 40 yards and two touchdowns. You know, he definitely is third on the roster and target share. I mean, the, the, the Bengals are averaging like 40 something pass attempts per, per game. So, they're they're giving the ball to Joe Burrow to throw it and sling it so i think the good thing about it is T Higgins was was activated over John Ross who was a first round pick so it looks like John Ross was a healthy scratch so with that being the case i think T Higgins has a role in that offense but obviously you got to deal with you know you have AJ Green you have Tyler Boyd who can get theirs. you know you have Joe Mixon who's a good receiving running back so they're not going to be games like this where he gets you two two touchdowns but he's definitely worth stashing just in case he emerges as, as one of those fancy players that you can play in your flex or in deeper leagues. And then going on to my last wide receiver, you know, there's Andy Isabella, Andy Isabella of the Arizona Cardinals did well on Sunday. He did have two touchdowns, but remember same thing as some of these other players that Christian Kirk did not play. So Andy Isabella is the fourth option on that roster. So you got to think there's, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins is getting a lot of the target share You know, you have Kendrick Drake, you have Larry Larry Fitzgerald, and then you have Christian Kirk. So if Christian Kirk is activated and healthy, I don't think Andy Isabella is one of those guys that you need to like really go to your waiver wire to pick up um, because he's just a guy that you just don't know exactly how that's going to play out when it comes to what's his usage in the offense. You know, he's a fast guy, so he definitely can have, you know, those games where he gets a long touchdown. But I'm not sure if he's a guy right now that I'm wanting to plug in my lineup and trust that right now. And then the last guy I want to just bring up again, you know, with Chris Godwin being out, um, you know, with injury. And if he's out in week four, Scotty Miller continues to be the guy that you want to try to grab and see if he's on your waiver wire. You know, he led the Bucs in wide receiving um, on Sunday. He didn't have the touchdown because that's what the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin had a touchdown. But when it came to receptions and yardage, he led the team. So, you know, Scotty Miller is another guy. If you're in a PPR format, a guy worth looking at. See if he's you know out there on the waiver wire. Now going to tight end, tight end's getting a little a little thin because you know we're getting you know Dallas you know Goddard had an injury on Sunday where he's going to be out for a few weeks. You know, obviously there's there's a lot more injuries taking place with George Kittle being out, so you may be very thin at at tight end. So with that being the case, a couple a few guys that you can see if they're available. You know, obviously Jimmy Graham is a guy that had a good game. Um on Sunday, he was the number one tight end for week three. He had two touchdowns and I think, you know, he may not be a guy you can play every week, but Nick Foles likes his tight end. So if Nick Foles continues to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, I think Jimmy, Jimmy Graham continues to be a viable option, you know, in that offense. So um definitely worth, worth stashing. If, you know, if you are trying to be, take that wait and see approach with Jimmy Graham, but, but, like I said, he you know he was the, he was number one tight end this week, so um, take that for what it's worth. And then same thing with Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, you know, he finally had it. He finally had a good game with the Steelers. Um, he obviously plays on a you know a very good offense. So Eric Ebron is definitely a guy to consider um, to put on your lineup or even to stash just in case you you know you need that you know that backup you know bye week fill in or whatnot. You know, Eric Ebron's name is a, a guy to consider. And like I mentioned last week, uh, Dalton Schultz was a guy that, you know, I had had put that feeler out to see um, how he would do against the Seahawks on Sunday. And he didn't have a bad game. But I think, you know, there's so many. The thing about Dalton Schultz on the Cowboys is that there's so many targets to go around. And it just has to be a game where the game plan involved around him because they're able to get that mismatch. So he's definitely a guy to consider. And obviously Mo alley Cox is a guy, another guy to consider, you know, based on having another good game. He had a touchdown um, on Sunday, and and Jack Doyle, you know, Jack Doyle's gonna be coming back, you know, and he's gonna get more involved in the offense. So not sure how long you can use Mo alley Cox. I think he should be the number one tight end for the the Colts. He's shown that he he's definitely a mismatch. He's a, he's a tallish guy. He's just a big physical freak. So. I think that he definitely is worth, you know, hoping, like hoping that the Colts will use him as their tight end one. Um, and then, you know, the next guy is, now this is a name that, you know, has, I'm just putting it out there just because, because he had, a, he's had two touchdowns in the last two weeks and that's Green Bay's, you know, tight or tight end, Robert um, Tanyan. So he's a guy that, you know, he's not getting a lot of the target share, but he he definitely is on the right side having a good offense with a good quarterback that likes throwing to the tight end. You know, so I think Robert Tanyan is a guy that you can consider only because he could be a viable option if he continues to be, if you want to be ahead of the waiver wire pickups, he might be a guy that you can stash if you have the roster spot, but um, he's definitely a viable option. And then going into the defenses. So like last week, the Colts and the Bucks were good streaming defenses. They didn't disappoint you. Now this week, you know the Thursday night football game is an awful game, and the Jets are playing the Broncos. So the Jets actually have a decent defense. So I do think that them playing a rookie quarterback, uh, or not not a rookie quarterback, but Jeff Driscoll, who is just not a a great quarterback. He definitely, you know, I think the Jets definitely could do, you know, okay against you know against the Broncos from a defensive standpoint. So that's an option there. And then I think the Bucs have, I think the Bucks are an option as well. You know, they play the Chargers. Now I know the Chargers have a good offense, but I think going against a rookie quarterback favors the Bucs. Um, the Bucs are very good against the run. Now, the only thing about the Bucs is they're not good against the pass. So if they're able to get some time and they can't get to the quarterback and Justin Herbert has time to be able to throw to Keen Allen or Michael, you know, Mike Williams, you know, that could make, you know, that can make for a good game for the Chargers offense. But, I do think if you, if you don't have any other options and the Bucks are available, I think they're a decent option. And the Rams play the Giants, so right now the Giants don't look good. They're they're just coming one dimensional. Obviously, they have lost they lost Barkley, they lost Shepard, so I think the Rams have a good enough defense where you can stream them and hope for the best with 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 the Rams. But you know those are those are my defenses to stream for for week four. So you know, that that's it for today. That's the waiver wire show. So, you know, thank you so much for listening today. You know, please like comment and share the podcast and the YouTube with with your friends and family. I really appreciate the support. And on the next episode, unfortunately, I have to do a Thursday night preview of the the much anticipated Jets versus Broncos game. So that's gonna be just fun to preview and talk about all the fancy options you can put in that game. So I um, hope you guys are just as excited as I am to listen to that podcast and, and whatnot. So, um, but like I said, don't forget to hit subscribe on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. Like I said, it really helps, you know, support, you know, support the podcast and everything. And I really appreciate it. So um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us over on Facebook and Twitter at The Great Iron Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Great Iron Fantasy Football. So that's it for di- today. Have a great day and we'll see you all on Thursday. Take care.